Real Presence Live. Religion has understood things about the way humans function long before science was able to prove anything. Local. It's always important for all of us to kind of look externally and say, what about these family? They are just like the Holy Family. They're experiencing the same persecution. Engaging. Jesus wants to be with us. I always think of that as at the heart of the Eucharist. And live from this year's Vocations Jamboree on the campus of the University of Mary in Bismarck, North Dakota. Only on the RPR Network. This vocation is not vocational. Good morning, everybody. Steve Splonskowski, Executive Director for Real Presence Radio, coming to live along with Father Craig Vosick. And we're going to have a great morning with you this uh, this morning, Real Presence Live, from the Vocations Jamboree University of Mary here in Bismarck, North Dakota. We're sitting in the Lumen Vitae uh, gathering area for the University of Mary, and we're broadcasting live. So if you're in the area, stop by and say hi. Grab a pen, uh, wave to us. I think uh, we'll, uh, we'll try to wave back unless we're looking the other direction, but we're going to pay attention. So thanks for being with us this morning, everybody. Before we get too far into our Real Presence Live show, I want to uh, have Father Vasek, if you lead us in a prayer. Get to start off right. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. 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 Heavenly Father, we thank you for your goodness and your kindness to us. We thank you for this opportunity today to be at the University of Mary, this beacon of light in central and into western North Dakota, this day at the service of your majesty, focusing on our call, our upward calling in Jesus Christ. Please bless our time. Allow our show this day to radiate to the farthest corners of the state through our broadcasting area and through the world. We thank you and we bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Father. Craig Vosick, again, Steve Splonskowski here with you. Um, and we are going to now turn to our... Uh, Programming production assistant, Gregory, to let us know what's coming up this, uh, these two hours, Gregory. So coming up this morning, we'll begin our live coverage from the University of Mary's Vocations Jamboree. We'll hear from Ed Konechka, Assistant Director of University Ministry, about how this event brings religious communities from around the country to, to campus to pray and witness to the joy and beauty of the consecrated life. And we'll all, you'll also have a chance to call in with your questions during our Straight Talk segment. Answering your questions this morning will be Father Craig Vosick, so be sure to call in with your questions or submit them on Facebook. And from discerning religious life to becoming a children's book author, Kimberly Freeze has quite the journey. Hear more about her story and how her books assist young children in discerning vo- their vocations. All this and much more coming up this morning. Thank you, Gregory. And uh, Gregory will be running the board for us in all the breaks, so he'll keep us on time, and so we thank him for that. Folks, so we're going to turn now to Ed Konechka, who's sitting across the table from me. Ed, good morning. How are you doing? Good morning, Steve. I'm great. Thanks. Hey, thanks for being here with us. So uh, we're, this is the fourth annual Vocations mm-hmm. Jamboree here at the University of Mary, and your, your position here is the Assistant Director of University Ministry. Correct. Yep. So tell us a little bit about what you do. What does that mean? Uh, well, it's a great job. I get paid to do retreats and uh, help set up Mass work with our sacristans. We have a student team, 15 students, who execute all kinds of different ministries, and I'm one of the supervisors. Uh, we work, uh, I get to go on retreats, I get to go on the uh, service, annual service trip to Peru, and so uh, we're trying to cultivate uh, or integrate, I guess, our faith through all aspects of the university, and university ministry is kind of central to that, so I get uh, to do some pretty neat things. That's awesome, and as I mentioned before, this is the fourth annual Vocations Jamboree, so tell us about this big event, what the history of it a little bit, and, and I, I, you know, kind of your involvement in it. Sure. 
The uh, it started really, and I know this is kind of blending questions, but uh, it started because we had as as the University of Mary's. Um, awareness of us around the country grew. More and more orders were coming and asking if they could just meet with our students. And so you'd have a group come here, a group there, they'd be in the dining hall, they'd be uh, trying to get into the residence halls. And uh, as those increased, we tried to manage it. And then it was really Monsignor Shea, University Ministry group that came together and said, how can we make this the best we can? And so having everybody here at one time draws a different kind of energy. And uh, it also gives just a wide ability to see everybody who's here, all the different ways you could serve. And so uh, it was put in place, like I said, four years ago. Bishop Barron was our first guest, and uh, he said Mass was here. We had people climbing the rafters, and then we knew it was successful <laughs> at that point. So, yeah. Excellent. I uh, was just thinking about this last evening, Ed, Ed, just moving here a couple months ago mm -hmm. and coming on, working full-time with the university, to see that there is a, a, a situated, a full-on effort at the service of uh, broadcasting and making manifest manifesting religious life yes. I was thinking about how beautiful this was so many people at mass yesterday so many religious orders at mass yesterday and thinking about how to really as what you're saying to focus on how can we make this an excellent avenue because there's a, a connecting to the to the lumen vitae event this evening uh, Archbishop Chaput who will be here and just bringing so many different things together to say let's lift this up yeah. and not just have an yeah. isolated thing where maybe some people will come but let's build an entire system around it and I was just marveling over it last yeah. evening so I just want to honor that like you saw the need and you said how can we do that and you lifted it forward I, I think it's I think it's excellent yeah and, and before it even happened right we had uh, a number of young men from St. Joe's and from just the university in general who were pursuing diocesan priesthood were going into seminary we did have young ladies who were going into a number of different religious orders, so it was already taking place anyway. Yeah. Uh, but we said, how can we uh, how can we grow that? How can we create an environment where students are really encouraged to give God room to lay their call on their heart? And how important is it, you know, to have youth asking themselves this question? As you know, they're they're in. We're looking at their careers, which is sometimes yep. seen as a vocation, but also the deeper sense of vocation for them to start thinking about this now instead right. of ten years down the road. Right, and, and your listeners in the radio station are going to know, uh, right now living your faith in this country is a challenge. And the, the world is not going to encourage young people to ask the kind of questions that this event is going to encourage them to ask. Yeah, that's right. So again, we're coming to you live from the Univers University of Mary Vocations Jamboree. We're visiting with Ed Konechka, who's the Assistant Director of University Ministry. And we're talking a little bit about the history of this Vocations Jamboree. Um, and as you mentioned, uh, Archbishop Barron, or sorry, Bishop, Bishop Barron. Barron. I didn't even make him into an archbishop. Yep. I don't have that authority. <laughs> Bishop Barron. <laughs> I was thinking of Archbishop Chapu, who will be here this evening right. um, in the area. But Bishop Barron was your first speaker. Yeah. Uh, who, which speakers, who have you had since, since this is the fourth? Sure. And then second year was George Weigel. Okay. And then last year was St. John's daughter. And that was wow. interesting. I don't think we fully anticipated how that would touch people's hearts. And uh, it was actually, so I love this event. This is my favorite event of the year, except maybe the trip to Peru. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and uh, it's a lot of work on our part, but just watching what takes place. Last year was really hard for me because we had extra people in the lower living room. We were setting up screens. We couldn't fit everybody in the venue. And uh, we had people from South Dakota. We had uh, somebody last year who came from South Dakota because they couldn't conceive and they prayed to St. Gianna before they were Catholic and they conceived and had a family and that actually brought them into the faith and so they made the trip up just to see the daughter mm. the, the person that St. Gianna gave her life for mm. and that was just such an amazing amazing thing the, the tenderness of that of that was so so that was the third one so Bishop Byrne George Weigel and then St. Gianna's daughter 
Awesome. Yeah. And uh, maybe by the end of the show, we can get a sense of who's coming next year. No. <laughs> he says no. <laughs> we have, we have okay. dates, though. We no. have dates. We have, they have dates. <laughs> yeah, hey, 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 I, hey, hey it's, it's media. I'm supposed to try to drag it out, right? <laughs> yeah. so. What else do you want to tell us? <laughs> <laughs> On live radio. Yeah, exactly. And I want to just, for our listeners, for everybody who's paying attention right now, just kind of explain to them what exactly is happening at this very moment. We're sitting. Can you just walk us through like how amazing this very moment is? It's, sure a, it's can. a university campus with all kinds of students, but we're just trampling on them right now. Sure. So I should do one thing first, and this will get me in trouble, Steve. Here, here we go, right? Okay. Because okay. um, we're going to run out of room. If somebody hasn't done Mass yet today and wants to join us, 10 o'clock is our normal Wednesday Mass. It's mm-hmm. a big liturgy for us. Uh, and all of the religious will be processing in at the beginning of that Mass. Mm. And so if someone wants to put their shoes on and race over to University of Mary, they could join us Great. in Annunciation Chapel. But uh, after Mass is over... We're, uh, as you mentioned, we're in Lumen Vitae Center, which is the heart of campus. It's a beautiful new space, and all, most of our students will come through here every day. And so we've got 48 tables set up in this space, and religious orders and service organizations uh, are, are at all these tables, and our students will walk by today and hopefully engage with them. And uh, So there, last night we had a great event. We did something called Praise in the Pub. We were at Chesterton's. Uh, we had a group playing music there, and we actually had one of the brothers got up at the mic and sang, uh, My Girl. And then yelled out, uh, Blessed Mother, at the ah, end of the right verse. Right. Right. I have a video of it, but that doesn't do any good on radio. Uh, yeah. sure, sure. Uh, and so today, uh, all day long, the, the religious are just making themselves available. And, and really, in my mind, they're kind of the, the I don't want to say the heroes, but the heart of what's going on. We have uh, Mount St. Michael Abbey in Nebraska. We got an email from them late last night. Because of the flooding, they've not been able to get out of Nebraska. They're still going to come. They're not going to get here until 5 o'clock tonight because just they want to be here for our students. It's just a beautiful story of their commitment. And so the religious are ready and, and uh, the service organization is ready and our students then will get a chance to be with them. 4.30, each one will have an, a one minute and a mic just to say who they are, where they're from, and what their charism is. And then, of course, tonight with Archbishop Chaput uh, and his address. And then tomorrow is set aside if any of our students have a, a connect with a particular order, there's time set aside tomorrow for them to have one-on-ones. And so if religious or religious order can say to a student, hey, let's continue this conversation in a deeper way tomorrow, we've got time in the, in the morning to do that. So. You know, I think of, Ed, as you're talking about this, I want to maybe go into a little personal, your, your personal feel for this. And it, isn't it, how amazing is it to work for an organization that takes this, yeah. vocations, seriously instead of saying, well, we're just here to give you a job, we're here to give you an education that hopefully you can find a job with it. But really, we talk about in Catholic education on a regular, it's about, you know, education of the whole person. Yes, Talk to us a little bit about the philosophy behind this that, that uh, really is being put forth by the University of Mary by even saying, <laughs> let's have a vocations jamboree. Sure. Well, the, the first thing I want to say, you, you asked what it's like to work at a place like this. So the, what, what people can't see, uh, we get all the credit. So I get to sit at the microphone. People are going to thank us at the end of the day for all the effort. But the facilities crew that sets up the MAC is amazing. The people who brought out all the tables, uh, the dining services. So our, our, the head of our dining services is a host family for two of the religious that are here. I just think that's the greatest mm-hmm. thing. So the entire organization, that's Chris Mungin, by the way. I'll throw his name out there. Yeah. The whole <laughs> Of, uh, of the university understands this and gets behind it. And so I, I just was in the parking lot. Someone just stopped and checked in to make sure that we had everything we needed that has nothing to do with the university ministry. But it really is the whole of the university that sees the value to this event. Uh, in terms of the philosophy, uh, the Catholic studies program, theology, even I had a, I had a conversation with Mary Doctor yesterday who uh, 
works in health sciences and was talking about uh, the challenges that they face in incorporating our Catholic faith into what's going on in health sciences and the understanding that we uh, need to present to our students the fullness of what we believe uh, and how then they have to figure out how to you know, navigate that as they, as they chart their career. And so it really is integrated in every aspect of what we're doing at the university. Yeah, and you can see that by having an event like yeah. this. Even Father Vosick, right? So Father Vosick is here as the chaplain for Marauders Athletics. That's a super cool thing. So now we have a chaplain saying, let's make a, an intentional outreach to our athletes to say, we want this to integrate into your life as well. So it really is across the entire spectrum of what we're doing. Yeah, I want to just, I want to hone in on that just for a second. For everybody who's listening, we're sitting in the university center. We are sitting outside of the, the main 24-hour dining center. Students who may or may not have known what was going to be happening today yep. are coming across what's happening today, whether they like it or not. We are at the crossroads of the, the center of campus. So anyone who is coming in this morning, a, a football player who's thinking about practice this afternoon, a, an art major, a, whoever it might be, they're coming through, they're thinking they're having breakfast, but what they're doing is encountering religious life from all over the United States, and they can't miss it. Yep. I absolutely love where we are. So everybody who's listening, you're missing something beautiful right now. It's really lovely. Yes. So we're coming to you live from the University of Mary, visiting with Ed Konechka, Steve Sponskowski, here along with Father Ed, or <laughs> sorry, yeah. Father Craig Vosick. <laughs> Ed is now a priest. Ed. <laughs> My wife I, I, might I have an some thoughts earlier. about that. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes, I have no authority whatsoever, and I'm getting less and less of it all the time. So, Ed, let's talk a little bit about, more about the the joy of this vocations jamboree. Do you hear what do you hear from the students? Um, about how this has affected their lives? Are you getting any? It's been four years. Have you gotten any stories back? One, I was thinking about yesterday a young lady named Natalie who actually came here. I think with the Benedictine volunteers. So she wasn't a student here. She wasn't religious. She came with that. Uh, um, that program to the monastery, uh, Annunciation Monastery, and was staying there and experienced vocation jamboree and ended up coming here as a student. Mm. And she still lives in Bismarck. I saw her last night. And uh, uh, so that's one aspect. For others, for the students, one of the things that I hope happens and I think does happen is uh, there's such a variety of people here. So you'll have uh, religious in, in habits, religious uh, not in habits. You have diocesan priests, you have brothers. You have just, there's so many ways. The service organization. So there's a young lady staying at my house who are a host family. Uh, and she is with um, a simple house. And they're a, kind of a social services organization. And she went and served for a year. And it's been five years. She can't walk away from it. Mm -hmm. So for our students to hear those stories about just all the different ways that they can respond to God's call. And sometimes the bigger call opens up with the simple yes to a shorter call. Right, so we say yes to this, and then that's how God unfolds what's going on next. Mm. So a dangerous thing to say yes it, to the it Lord, is. It isn't is. it? It is. <laughs> <laughs> the path that opens in front of you is like, okay. Yeah. But that's one of the things that our students get to hear. We talk about it in so many different ways. You and I know because of, the, of our age, right? Mm -hmm. that when you look backwards, you can see how God called and how God used all the different things. We don't know in the moment, so it's the simple yes, the, the risk of saying yes. But I think we get more comfortable saying yes and we look backwards and see how he's used that. Uh, and so hopefully that's what they hear from the religious too. Because I think for some, to say yes to a religious vocation can be challenging, can be hard. Uh, and so to see the joy of all the people that are here, that's one of the things we definitely want. And that'll happen. Father Vox is mentioning, if you walk through here, you're going to see people laughing, playing, mm -hmm. you know, stepping up to the mic and singing, you know, my girl. Yeah. That, that's a beautiful witness to the fact that you don't leave happiness aside. You actually find it if you answer your vocational call. 
Last evening, Father Fisher at Mass spoke about the difficulty to, to respond and the, and the fear that can come around that. And God speaks into that saying, do not be afraid, giving us courage. That was his uh, homily in honor of St. Joseph yesterday. Ed, we also have, just in a, our last couple minutes here, we also have other non-consecrated mm-hmm. groups that are here. Can you say a little bit more about, about them? Sure. And so, again, so we have our students gathered and asking, what does God want for your life? And obviously, the vocation of the biggest call is, what does he want for your primary vocation? Right? Well, our primary vocation is holiness. What does he want for your secondary vocation? Uh, but we have other orders that were organizations also coming and saying, hey, can we have time with your students? And we already had this gathering, so we said, let's, let's bring them here as well. So Net Ministries is here. They'll have two recruiters here. And uh, Focus will have a table here. Uh, some totus tuus groups, young disciples from Fargo. Uh, a number of them will have booths, and they're trying to, uh, of course, grow their organizations for a year of service or a, a summer of service. Uh, and so not vocation in the big sense, but still, what does God want you to do this very summer? If you don't have plans yet, how can you serve him now? So that's what that piece of it is. It's yeah. beautiful. Yeah. So a quick, uh, in our last minute here before um, our break, Ed, give us a quick rundown of what's happening today then. Sure. So we have the Mass at 10 o'clock in Annunciation Chapel, and then from 11 to 4.30 is the vocation fair where the, all the religious and service organizations will be at their booths. 4.30 is uh, we call opening session or introduction, so that's where each order will be downstairs in the living room with the mic, and they just get one minute to say who they are, what the charism is. And then uh, from 5.30 to 7, the fair continues. 7.30 is Archbishop Chaput in the MAC. Really encourage people to come to that if they can. It's a free event. You don't get to hear speakers like this very often. Mm-hmm. And uh, Monsignor Shea said that he's seen his notes and, and went, wow. Ah. So Archbishop Chaput sent them in advance. And Monsignor Shea said people are going to want to hear this. So we'd like to fill the MAC for Archbishop Chaput, so come on out. And then uh, tomorrow morning at 8.30, Archbishop Chaput will be celebrating Mass. It's just a daily Mass, and I don't think he's preaching, but he'll be the celebrant. So, again, if people can't come today, they could catch us tomorrow morning for Mass at 8.30 in Annunciation Chapel. Awesome. Okay, we're here with Ed Konechka at the University of Mary, the Vocations Jamboree. Ed, thanks for being with us this morning. My pleasure. Thank you for the honor. Thanks for being out here all day. Oh, we're excited to be here. Folks, don't go anywhere. It's time for our first break this morning, but don't go anywhere because after this break, we're going to hear about the joy and beauty of life as a Benedictine sister. And later, a special children's book giveaway. All this and much more on next on The Real Presence Live as we continue at the University of Mary Vocations Jamboree. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Stay with us. There's more Real Presence Live to come from the Vocations Jamboree at the University of Mary in Bismarck, North Dakota on the Real Presence Radio Network. Hi, this is Brett Byler, Area Account Executive with Real Presence Radio. Did you know the signal of Real Presence Radio reaches an audience of over 2.1 million people across North Dakota, Minnesota, South Dakota, Wisconsin, and Wyoming? Have you ever thought about running radio spots on the RPR network? We want to partner with you to help gain exposure for your business in front of a very faithful customer base. To find out more about your options, please call me, Brett Byler, at 605-670-8333. Here's a programming note. Monday, March 25th, marks the solemnity of the Annunciation of the Lord. As we celebrate, we'll have some special programming. At 5 a.m. Central, we'll bring you the Sunrise Morning Show. Morning Glory will follow at 6 and the Daily Mass at 7. Then at 3 p.m. Central, you'll hear Cresta in the afternoon. Finally, at 9 p.m., it'll be the Encore of Open Line. Please tune in as we celebrate the Annunciation of the Lord, Monday, March 25th. We all appreciate the comforting things in life. Great food, laughter, celebrating Mass together, and friendships. Here at Riverview, we have all those things and more. Hi, I'm Carrie Dew, Executive Director. 
With senior independent living apartments in our Crosshaven neighborhood for those seniors who need a little more assistance, it is the sense of community here that makes Riverview home to all of us. Contact me, Carrie Dew, or Kelly Brecky for a tour at 701-237-4700 or online at homeishere.org. This is Father Brian Cuiava of the Diocese of Crookston. One of my favorite things in the entire world is spending time in adoration of the Blessed Sacrament. You know, Jesus gives himself to us in his body and his blood in the Holy Eucharist. And it's such a gift for him to be like living in our midst in a very special and unique way. He's with us in the Holy Eucharist where he gives us his body and his blood, not only for us to consume and at Holy Mass and Holy Communion, but also so that we can go to Him periodically throughout the day, periodically throughout the week, throughout the months, uh, whatever it is, to spend time with Him, just to simply adore Him, to offer our prayers to Him, to offer our suffering, to talk to Him about our joys and and our struggles, to just simply be with Him. So I just really want to encourage you to, to find a church where the Blessed Sacrament is found and to spend some time there just to adore Jesus and simply be with Him and to rest with Him in silence. This is Real Presence Live. If you're near the University of Mary in Bismarck for the Vocations Jamboree today, come visit us inside the new Lumen Vitae University Center. Now, back to more engaging discussions on vocations. Welcome back to Real Presence Live. This is Father Craig Vosick joined by Steve Sponskowski. Live at the University of Mary at the 4th Annual Vocation Jamboree. There is a buzz all around us in the Lumen Vitae University Center. Students are walking by. I love it. I love it. We are joined now by the Sisters of Annunciation Monastery, the foundresses and the sponsors of the University of Mary, and prior to that, founders of the, the St. Alexis, well, I don't know what it was, was it always called St. Alexis? Alexis? Okay, Hospital in Bismarck, North right. Dakota. Sisters, thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you. We yeah. just wanted to visit with you to let you share whatever you might want to share this morning about your, your history here at the University of Mary and uh, as it comes forward to the, the joy of a vocation. So can you just first introduce yourselves to our listeners? Um, I'm Sister Joanne Krebsbach. I'm Sister Idel Bott. And can you tell us a little bit where you're from, uh, Sister Joanne, Sister Idel? I'm from Washburn, okay. 40 miles away, mm-hmm. so I didn't come very far. <laughs> I'm from Montana, a little town called Savage. Okay. And, and so, so, Sister Joanne, how did you hear about uh, the Benedictine Sisters of Annunciation Monastery? Give us a little, uh, a little snippet of your vocation story. Uh, the sisters um, from Annunciation Monastery used to come to Washburn because we didn't have a pub- we didn't have a Catholic school, so they came to teach catechism every summer for two weeks, and then uh, during the year on Saturdays they would come sometimes. And so in my story, um, I loved them and I just mm. admired them so much and thought I would like to be a sister someday, and uh, I thought. Uh, it, the desire kind of stayed with me all my life until I got into high school and I was still thinking about it, but I thought, they are so holy, I could never do that. And then uh, our parish priest came to me one day and said, you know, you have some qualities that would make you a good wife and mother, and those same qualities would make you a good sister. Have you ever thought about it? And so that kind of gave me the courage and the confidence that, well, he knows me pretty well. And if he thinks I can do it, maybe I can. Mm. And uh, so I went forth 
and I'm really happy and, and grateful to him. Yeah. And you've been a sister for how many years, Sister Joan? Um, I've been here since 1959, made my vows in 61. Okay, awesome. Well, thank you for your yes to the Lord. 1959, uh, that's, that's ringing true for me. That's when the, the foundation started, of the university right. is 1959. I was a student here then. Oh, <laughs> wow. A student and a candidate. For so this is 60 years. That is right. Wow. <laughs> this is great. Awesome. I love it. And Sister Adele, how about you? How did, how did the same for you come about? I was taking spiritual direction from a sister in my home parish who happened to be a Benedictine from a different community. And when I kind of started thinking that maybe I could do this, I went and talked to her and she had a ton of questions because we didn't have anything like a vocations jamboree so I could know what the other orders were and their mm. charisms and such. And so after she asked me all those questions, she thought about it and she picked three communities that she thought would be a good fit for me. Wow. And Annunciation Monastery was the first one that I went to, and the only one, actually. <laughs> they snatched you up, Sister Joanne, <laughs> right, and you're right. staying. <laughs> for us. As a matter of fact, the second time I visited, when I walked through the door, she caught me and she said, welcome home. Oh. Um, <laughs> I don't know if she remembers that or not. but So this, this uh, it was a sister that you were visiting with mm -hmm. back home. She had a bunch of questions for you. In my mind, I was thinking... Shouldn't it have been you that had a bunch of questions for her? But she had a I bunch did. of... Okay. Oh, yes, there were I did. There questions both ways. Yeah. <laughs> and I had actually made a list because I kept thinking, I can't be a sister. So I had this list and why I should and why I shouldn't. And when the list finally got longer to why I should, that's when I finally approached her. I was just so nervous. So it's just the initial getting over the, oh, I can't do this, to actually saying yes and seeking out the answers. But it was questions like, do you want to live with a lot of people? Do you want to go to an order that only specializes in one thing, like teachers or nurses? And this was just a good fit for me. Beautiful. Hey, everybody. If you've just joined us, we're coming to you live from the University of Mary Vocations Jamboree. Steve Splonskowski here along with Father Craig Vosick. And we're visiting with Sister Joanne and Sister Idell, who are Benedictine Sisters of the Annunciation Monastery. Uh, so let's talk a little bit about what really drew you specifically. Let's start with you, Father or Sister Joanne. I'm, make, I'm getting every, I'm, giving, I'm like <laughs> promoting. I'm promoting everybody all this There's morning. There's a lot of titles. So today. pray for me, <laughs> Sister Joanne. Um, what drew you drew you specifically to the Benedictines? Well, it was because of the sisters. Um, yeah. I just I admired them, and um, they just seemed so. Uh, uh, prayer was important for them, and I I know when I first came. Um, I didn't know a lot about sisters, but uh, when I uh, came and learned that we live a community life, I thought, this is good for me because I come from a big family and community life was kind of easy for me. Mm -hmm. And I, um, I loved the fact that we prayed together and that we, we did everything together. And so that was just, um, I, everything just kind of worked well for me. I, I, I think that's, it was the people that, that drew me. Excellent. And as in being a sister, and I'll have you both answer this question, you know, let's talk a little bit about the, the beauty and the goodness that you experience um, in, in the life of a sister. Share that with, with our listeners. Well, the, you know, as I pointed out, that uh, the community life was, was really good. And um, after 60 years, I still, people tease me because every once in a while I say, it is so good to be here. And I think it's because... Um, 
because we work together, we do things together, and I especially love our prayer, to know that we are praying the prayer of the church, and mm. we do put a lot into our prayer, we do a lot of singing, and we want to do it well, you know, do our best for the Lord. Um, so in, as we, you know, celebrate, like tomorrow, we're going to be celebrating the Feast of St. Benedict, and so we have, um, you know, a lot of special things at prayer, and then we follow prayer with another celebration, you know, at we go to table and have a celebration there. So um, just the fact that, you know, our, our main things, aura et labora, they always say about Benedictines. So we work and we pray, and prayer, prayer always comes first. And then we um, serve the needs of whatever, you know, is the, the people around us. What, what do they need? If we can help them, we do it. It's not any special work that we do, but what is needed. Mm-hmm. And here it's been education and health care. That's what we first came for, and it's kind of expanded. Yeah. Excellent. And Sister Idell? I think that we begin the morning and end the day together in prayer and then go out into the community and do what needs to be done. And the fact that because we're all of kind of one mindset where God is first and prayer is most important, when we go out to do our work, you have 40 other people supporting you and with the same, I mean, you can get a lot more done when you have that kind of support. So in our last uh, couple of seconds here, we have, uh, could you give us a little advice on those who are discerning a call to the Benedictine Sisters of the Annunciation or just even a general call to the life of a sister? Uh, how, how would you uh, direct them, Sister Joanne? Well, for sure, You have to pray about it. Let God speak to your heart. And then check it out because I think, as Idell found, this is the place for me. I think we're called to a certain order in a certain community. And if you find when you check it out that it fits and it brings you joy, then you know this is it. Because God doesn't want us to be miserable. Mm. So we're going to be happy in our choice. And I, there's a community, if you are serious about it, there's a community for everyone. Everyone has a little different niche. And you, when you find it, you just know. You just know that that's where you're supposed to be and what you're supposed to be doing. I think that's the beauty of the Catholic life, the beauty of our life in Christ, is that it's not about a competition about, oh, right. you know, you do your thing, and but my thing's better. It's like, no, the Lord has these charisms that we are all called to care, to. Uh, to use to build up the, the, the community. Um, and so, well, thank you, Sister Joanne and Sister Idell, for being here with us this morning. You're welcome. Yeah. And, uh, thank continue. you for having us. Yes, so continue, we'll continue to keep you in our prayers, and please keep uh, our network and our listeners we in your prayers. We definitely will. All thank right. you. God bless you. We're um, coming to you live from the University of Mary, Father Vasek, and uh, I, I hear a voice or sound on my head. I think that means we're going to go to a live call. Wow, that was loud. Yeah, <laughs> I think it's going to be straight talk. And guess what, folks? Up next is straight talk with Father Craig Vosick. It's uh, yes. Stump the Priest. Oh, no. Well, you don't have to do that if you don't want to. But call in our phone number here, one 877 Again, that number, 877 It's straight talk. Your questions are what's up on, on uh, the up deck, on deck next. Um, with Father Vasek. So, Father Vasek, are you ready to uh, take some calls? Are you oh, ready yeah. to answer some tough this questions? Would be great. All right, 877 is your question for Father Vasek Straight Talk. Again, we're coming to you live from the University of Mary and uh, Vocations Jamboree. Father Vasek, talk to us a little bit about your vocation story. 
Yeah, well, I was very active in high school with many, many, many things. Um, sports, uh, the arts, band, choir, um, helping out. I was very interested in math, um, lots of things. But sports was probably the main thing. Also very interested in uh, girlfriends. <laughs> interested in hanging out with my guy friends on weekends, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Uh, went to college uh, without much without much direction, thinking I'll study architecture. Didn't really have a whole lot going there, though. Uh, and then I, I helped out. I started playing guitar because I wanted to be a cool punk kid. Um, but that got me in trouble. I got invited to go to a retreat to play the guitar at a retreat. And I was thinking, I want to play, like, Green Day and rock music. Uh, I don't know why I'm going to be doing this. But I went on the retreat, and the Lord, the Lord got a hold of me. Mm-hmm. I went to confession. Uh, made probably the first good confession of my life. Um, and then from there, my eyes were open to follow and to see what happens with that. And so I became open to whatever the Lord had after, because I saw that the Lord had been so good to me. I saw the goodness of the Lord. I experienced the goodness of the Lord. And so I was open to whatever he had, which led to priesthood. It doesn't always lead to priesthood when you become open to the Lord's will. But for me, that was my path. Uh, and so I'm a, I'm a happy priest, uh, ten, years, 10 years a priest almost now. Well, I think something uh, Sister Joanne said pre- in our previous interview here, talking about really, you're looking, the Lord really wants us to be joyful and it wants us to have peace. Not that we will be constantly jumping up and down and saying yippee ki all the time, but there is a deeper peace when we do follow the Lord, wouldn't you say? Yes. The, the peacefulness was exactly the mark. I, there was a joy when I made my first good confession. But when I was at a Mass where the Lord introduced to me His hope that I would follow him towards priesthood just to try it out, I was filled with peace. Mm-hmm. I was filled with peace. There was a harmony within me as my, my will and the Lord's will were starting to, to jive in a beautiful symphony. There was a lot of peace. And, and when peace. You, Father, when you get, let me ask you this question. When you get into a difficulty, you know, obviously, as I mentioned, you're not going to jump up and down and joy all the time. But when you, get, when you experience difficulty in your vocation, um, that deep joy, isn't that something that actually you can return to and go, okay, even in this difficulty, I can still feel this peace? Yes. The Lord will always accompany us with peace. Uh, we can look back at, at the goodness of the Lord when we're in difficulty to see how he has been with me. And the the best thing to know when, we, when we're following the Lord, even if things are hard, is that he is, he is more firm than we ever could ever want to be. And so we can just just hold on to him hold on to him through the difficulty he is he is strong he is sturdy and he is carrying us uh, and that 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 brings peace as well even if i don't have it for myself he can he's there and that's peaceful excellent <laughs> folks this is straight talk and you can call in and get your question answered by father craig vasek steve Splonskowski here with father craig vasek he's going to answer the question and i'm going to throw it at him that phone number you're going to call is 877 877- Seven nine five zero one two again eight seven 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 nine five zero one two two. We have a couple lines open for you, and Father Vostick, we do have a call here from Trevor, listening on twelve eighty in Frazee, Minnesota. Good morning, Trevor. Good morning, guys. How are you doing this morning? Oh, I'm doing peachy. Loving the day. Loving the day. Excellent, excellent. <laughs> well, it's, it's hard not to love the day when it starts warming up like this, huh? make my job a lot easier that's for sure yes yes so trevor you have a question for father vasek go ahead hello fellow tech guy how you doing father hi trevor i'm doing very well 
<laughs> Good to hear your voice again, my friend. <laughs> it's wonderful. Yeah, <laughs> this is my first time back on Real Presence for a long time. I love it. What's yeah, going on today? So what's going on today? You have a question? I do. Um, I've been hearing a lot of talk about guardian angels off and on on the radio, and I was kind of curious what if the Catholic Church has a stand on the teaching or belief, what happens to our guardian angel in via of our relationship with him, God willing, if we go to heaven? I mean, mm-hmm. does he get to take a siesta, or I mean... <laughs> Right. Does this church have a stance on that? Yeah, well, there's not going to be an official stance on this particular question, but we can come to it, I think, pretty pretty closely. Uh, And the reason why is because the church doesn't have an official stance, we could say, on the the reality of a guardian angel for each individual Christian. Um, But we have some biblical support here. So from the Psalms, Psalm 91, uh, we see that God protects us and he provides an angel. Uh, so we look back on that, and the early church fathers looked back on some of these Old Testament texts to see that there is provision that the Lord gives us through the angels. Um, and so there's a number of uh, categories of angels. There's the entire hierarchy of the angels that St. Gregory, Gregory the Great and others put together. So there's been a long standing, I would say from the earliest days of the church, that each Christian does have the assistance of an angel. Uh, and so we see that celebrated in the liturgy. Uh, there's a feast of the guardian angels. But it's not, and just to make that distinction, it's not actually held as a dogma that there is actually a particular angel given to each Christian. Now, it has been so understood through the history of the church, as I've just mentioned, and through the liturgy of the church that we can we can maintain that quite quite uh, easily in our devotional life and we can trust that God has created angels to care for us Uh, that's why the angels exist both to procure his glory and as messengers and agents for our good so um, so that's all kind of a a lead-up to your question which is what would happen to our guardian angel after God's will we go to heaven Um, any angel that has a ministry exercises that ministry until God uh, has them exercise another ministry. And so if, uh, if there is an angel who is giving us guardianship, uh, to light, to guard, to rule, to guide, and does his or her job, its job, I guess, angels being spiritual creatures, um, then once they have finished the job, once we're in the glory of God, they no longer need to guard us to the glory of God. We're there. Uh, what the Lord would have them do, either to procure his glory or to be reassigned, we could say, if we want to talk about it that way, to another person's life, it sure could be the case. But the the immense amount of angels that God has created serve his majesty at his pleasure. So uh, so that's, that's as close as we can get as far as uh, as a church doctrinal understanding because it's it's left fairly open with a strong uh, liturgical and devotional background does that does that kind of get towards where your question was going yeah i was told once that our guardian angels are created only for us and that was it you know i mean i've heard a few different stories but no i just so the church really does not have a specific stance on that. There are a number of, yeah, so going back to the assignment of a guardian angel to a person, there are a number of saints who have spoken in their in their sermons or in their teachings that they, it is, it is, uh, how would they put it? It is, uh, 
it is good for us to hold that God is preparing them to care for us. Um, but it is, uh, that's kind of as far as we can go. It's not, you're not going to find it in the catechism. It is a dogma of the Catholic Church that there is a, an angel created for each person um, when they are when they are uh, created. Um, but there have been saints who have said things like that that we can, we can suppose that that is the case. So it's, it's good for us to, to continue uh, tr- entrusting ourselves to the angels that the Lord has put over us. Uh, awesome. I love that. Thank you. Great. All right. Thanks, Trevor, for that call, and you have a great rest of your day. You too. God bless. All right, folks, it's open, sorry, it's <laughs> Straight Talk, Real President, or EW10 has open lines. Open lines, We have yeah. Straight Talk, so it, it, the, the lines are open, and this is Straight Talk. If you want to call in, 877-795-0122. Father Craig Vosick here with Steve Splonskowski, um, and we are, he is taking your calls if you want to get a question answered via phone, or you can also go on Facebook. Uh, you can email a question in any way you want to do it. Uh, Father Vasek is here to answer your question. You know, and that's a great question, Father, about our, our, our guardian angels. Uh, oftentimes these, these understandings in the church, they're mystery, mm-hmm. right, which really that word means we don't really know everything about it. We do know certain uh, tenets of our faith really tell us that we do have a guardian angel, um, that they're there to, to watch over us and guide us uh, towards our path to heaven, but exactly what all the details are, that has not been revealed to us. Exactly right. And I, I was happy to hear, and again, it's still a, it's something that's not proclaimed by the church, but I was happy to hear a, a number of priests when I was in formation saying that it is also uh, commonly held uh, that a priest receives another guardian angel when he embarks upon his priestly ministry. Mm. And I said, you know what? If, if it is truly the case that the Lord assigns one, that is fantastic. Even if he doesn't, I'm sure he's giving the same kind of support, whatever that would look like for a priest as he embarks. And so it's very comforting to know that God has, in his, <laughs> in his grandeur, uh, he has established copious and way beyond what we could ever need helps in our life. And so the angels assist with that. Uh, the saints assist with that. God's own divine sovereignty assists with that through his grace and through, uh, through the merits of our Lord Jesus Christ and the Blessed Mother. I mean, and we're just celebrating St. Joseph yesterday. So there, there, is, there are so many helps mm. uh, to heaven that the Lord has given. All of heaven is at our service to get us there. I love that. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Yeah, it's like we really do get caught into, uh, in and pulled down into the troubles of each day but uh, as we know the Lord is eternal and he's outside of time and, and even our souls um, are beyond time and so this, this life is not the end this is only really the beginning right that is absolutely the case we, we will exist forever going forward <laughs> Yeah. So we got, uh, if you want to get in on this conversation, 877-795-0122. You can call in uh, Straight Talk on Facebook, on the phone, or via email, 877-795-0122. And Father Craig Vosick will answer your question. Father, you work with uh, the student athletes here at University of Mary where we're broadcasting live today. Talk to us a little bit about your experiences. I am, I'm going to tell you about what I'll, I'll start with this morning. Uh, I saw a young woman uh, sitting in a booth, sitting across from a religious sister, and I was just overjoyed. Now, why was I overjoyed? Because I was brought onto campus a couple months ago to assist with our athletic program completely. We have 17 sports teams here at the University of Mary with 450 student athletes, uh, 50 to 60 coaches, and so in all, over 600 people working in the athletic department. 
And this morning I saw one of our student athletes sitting across the table from a religious sister talking and having a great time and smiling. This is someone who I've seen perform on the, on the court, on the turf, or wherever the, wherever the student is. I don't want to identify that person. But, uh, and I just saw that, that person having joy at the University of Mary, sitting across having breakfast with a religious sister. I thought, this is so beautiful. The, the students have a life. The student athletes have a life outside of their sport. Uh, and a high school athlete can sometimes lose that perspective. A collegiate athlete, uh, this is a D- Division two school, a Division one school uh, could happen, where you lose sight of the rest of life. Very few athletes are going to perform as an athlete professionally for their life. But it's easy in the midst of performing to think that this is everything. Mm. And so this morning to see a young athlete sitting across from a religious sister enjoying breakfast, it's reminding that student or it's assisting that student thinking about the rest of life. Uh, So that's my, my job here is to to assist with that but I got to see it outside of myself this morning and I was just overjoyed so that's my job my job is to plant myself in practices workouts uh, games traveling on the road with the teams uh, any of the of the 17 teams uh, to be with them to be with the coaches to assist to to build up what's good and to to highlight where maybe where we could grow in our in our understanding of athletics not so much coaching strategy because I don't have that (laughs) Um, but but life strategy uh, to honor to honor the whole person um, in the midst of being a collegiate athlete or to honor the whole person in understanding uh, what it means to be a coach. And so it's new for me. I've only been here for a couple months, but already it's coming. Here comes one of our, our, our big, tall basketball guys walking by right now. It's great. So it's just really great uh, to, be, uh, to be here and to work with the student athletes. It's phenomenal. Awesome. Well, thank you, uh, Father Vasek, for your for your ministry and for saying yes to the Lord. We have a call, um, but before we, we go to that, I'm going to get that number out there one more time, 877-795-0122. If you want to get on, in on this conversation, 877-795-0122. And I guess this is not on the phone. Thank you for that note. So we're going to read the question here. Um, Gail from Bismarck has a question, Father. It says, is Simeon a saint? And if so, of what is he the patron saint? Well, we'd have to get to the Simeon that we're after here so are we talking about potentially uh simeon the uh so when at the uh, presentation when our lady and saint joseph bring uh, present jesus into the temple we have simeon who's there who is a in a sense a prophet of the time who had been given the promise that he would uh, see the messiah are we talking about that simeon or there is there another saint is there another potential saint simeon there would be and depending on the first Simeon is who we're talking about here. Okay, great. Definitely we have Simeon a saint. Uh, definitely a saint. Um, this, this magnificent man in the temple, as mm-hmm. you're pointing out, um, it, he is understood as a saint. I, he's not on the general calendar, um, at least in the modern calendar that I'm aware of. I could be wrong, maybe, Steve, if you, if you know. Um, I, so he's not on the general calendar, but that doesn't mean he's not a saint. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are a number of, even when you go d- d- dig back into the Old Testament, um, understanding those those members of the of the old covenant who we recognize were holy, just, and righteous in the Lord's eyes, we see that in the catalog of saints of the Old Testament in Hebrews chapter eleven, for example. Uh, they go through all of the just of the old, so many of the just of the Old Testament. We don't put 
we don't put a halo on them calling them saint necessarily, but we recognize that the Lord in his providence uh, provided a place in eternity for them. Uh, and so the same, especially these, these key figures, which we're pointing out in this question, uh, these key figures at the turn of the covenant, uh, so many, we have, we have John the Baptist, we have Joseph, uh, we have, of course, Our Lady, uh, we have uh, Simeon, we have uh, so many beautiful people just around that time, Elizabeth, Zechariah, um, the, these various people that, that uh, we, we, we understand them, these biblical personages as saints. So the gospel writers, the evangelists, the, most of the apostles, of course, we have one who fell from the Lord. Uh, but uh, so many of them, we, we recognize them even if, they, even if we don't see them on the day-to-day recognized as saints. We recognize that they, are, they were in the Lord's providence uh, guiding, uh, being used by the Lord for that time in, in salvation history and, and the holiness uh, there. So, yes, as far as the second part of that question, what is he the patron of? Uh, Google.com is helpful for that, and I didn't <laughs> use it. So uh, so that's where I'm going to want to send you. Maybe we can, we can look on that before we get off the air and, and find out. I don't know offhand mm-hmm. uh, what Simeon is the patron saint of. I would think uh, historically he could certainly be the patron saint of, of faithfulness, of, of waiting, um, sort of things he had. He's, how many years do we know from Scripture that he spent waiting for the, uh, the Messiah and being told that he would not, he would not see death until, the, you know, until he saw the Messiah, right. as he tells Our Lady and St. Joseph at, that presen- at the presentation. Right. And so, uh, of course, uh, we'll have well, Brandon look that up and see if we know, know the answer to that question. But uh, thank you, Gail, from Bismarck, for that question. We also have a Facebook question here from Lacey, and if you want to get in on the conversation, again, you can begin on Facebook, you can send us an email, or you can call in at 877-795-0122. Father, you want to go ahead and read that question from Lacey on Facebook? You got that in front of you? Yeah, there? I sure do. All right, Lacey, thanks for your question on Facebook. Lacey has a question that she's always wondered about. Since Jesus sits on the right hand of God, who sits on God's left side? She always thought it would be the angel Gabriel since he is God's messenger. Lacey, thank you so much for your question. Uh, So we get the understanding of Jesus sitting at the right hand of the Father from the creed, who sits at the right hand of the Father. We also get that from the scriptures in uh, the book of Revelation, where where the, uh, the apostle John has this this cut through where open, heaven opens up and he's able to see into the very mysteries of God. Uh, and, and he sees uh, the ancient one on the throne. Uh, and, the Lord, and we understand from this that the Lord Jesus is seated at God's right side. Um, now, we have to understand a lot of the book of Revelation uh, in a symbolic way. And even in other places, so in the Creed, for example, where we see that Jesus is seated at God's right hand, uh, we have to understand that even in a, in a little bit of a symbolic way. Why is that? Because uh, Jesus, we know, is the eternal Son of the Father. And so you have the eternal Father, the eternal Son of the Father, and the eternal Spirit of the Father and the Son. So the Trinity, right? They are all three persons of the Blessed Trinity um, completely united and prior to the incarnation of Jesus Christ, uh, there is no physical reality there. So they are th- those three personages uh, are one, uh, d- uh, one God uh, without physical form from all eternity. Now, through the incarnation of our Lord Jesus Christ, the second person of the Holy Trinity takes on a human nature and now has a body, which was glorified and assumed 
into uh, in the in the ascension into heaven. So now there is a physical reality in heaven, uh, our Lord Jesus Christ. And we say that he is seated at God's right hand. Still, we have to understand that in a, in a, in a sort of symbolic way because he is completely united to the Father. Some of the saints spoke about um, the Eternal Father uh, in a symbolic way and they would say that the Word that is who comes as Jesus Christ is his right hand and the Spirit is his left hand reaching out into the world. Now that's symbolic. It's uh, a metaphor in a way of understanding uh, how God, who is completely distant from us in a way, in his eternity and invisibility, uh, comes so close to us, uh, Jesus being his right hand. And we speak so much about, uh, about the blessing of God, and it's always with the right hand. And so Jesus comes as the blessing of the Father. Um, so all of that is, is, is helpful, at the same time symbolic. Um, so to ask the question, who sits on God's left side, um, the, the, we, we don't as a church make use of any symbolic language to, to speak about that, uh, except for, I guess, we could speak about the Holy Spirit uh, proceeding uh, as, the, as the left hand of the Father, but still that's a symbolic way of looking at things. So um, I guess I'm, I don't want to skirt around the question, but... Uh, since Jesus sitting at the right hand uh, is is symbolic in, in so many ways because he is equal with the Father and the Holy Spirit and so they are enthroned in majesty uh, in 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 all in all eternity uh, and symbolically understood to be at the right side um, and even when we arrive in heaven we're not going to be seeing so much as as physical reality it's going to be our soul. And if you can grasp this metaphysical reality early in the morning here, uh, our soul will experience the vision of the soul of the Trinity. Um, what that actually looks like with the eyes, we, we can't grasp. It's going to blow our eyes. It's going to blow our mind uh, for all eternity in a beautiful way. Um, it's... it's our, our soul unveiled vision of the glory of God. And that is so magnificent. Um, so I've skirted your question. Sorry about that. I guess if there is an answer in there, it's that we don't talk about that uh, precisely because Jesus sitting at, at the right hand of the Father is heavily symbolic even in its own way. When I have seen pictures uh, of this, I see the Father, my home parish actually, the Church of the Holy Trinity, has a very large throne, the ancient Father uh, seated on one side, uh, the, the incarnate Jesus uh, looking like a younger version of the ancient Father, basically, mm -hmm. uh, sitting at his side, and the Holy Spirit sort of uh, as dove proceeding through the top of the throne. There's nobody else there. The Father's kind of on the, the one side and Jesus is on the other side because they're the only ones on the throne. And Jesus is on the throne. Uh, nobody else is worthy of adoration, so nobody else is on the throne. Uh, I would imagine Our Lady is right there. Mm -hmm. I would imagine St. Joseph found his way pretty far up there. We talked about him yesterday being uh, number one in the communion of saints outside of the Blessed Virgin Mary. Uh, I would imagine that the seraphim performing their role and the cherubim are right there. Um, 
And so that's as far as I can go. <laughs> you know, Father, I, I've also heard kind of the historically that uh, the mother, the mother of, of the king, um, obviously was very close, sitting nearby, wherever. Yes. Um, as it, it, and obviously, oftentimes the queen was not the wife of the king, but actually his mother. Right. Um, historically, and so obviously she's going to have a place. And of course, today in the in the mass, if you go to mass today, you're going to hear in the readings where uh, the sons, the Zebedee's sons, uh, their mother asks, you know, <laughs> can they have the seat on the right and on the left? And he says, those are not mine to give. And so maybe that's where your question's coming from, Lacey. Maybe you went to mass this morning and uh, read oh, those readings. Great. Um, but that is uh, the 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 reading today, the the gospel reading today. Well, that'll be helpful for my homily tonight. There you go. Thank you. Thank you, Lacey, for preparing my homily. <laughs> Excellent. Lacey, thank you for that question on Facebook. Uh, we have uh, just a couple minutes left. If you want to uh, shoot in a call real quick at 877-795-0122. This is Straight Talk and uh, visiting with Father Craig Vosick um, here at the University of Mary, the Vocations Jamboree. We're going to be coming to you live this morning until 11 o'clock. And those of you who are listening in the Bismarck area, we actually are going to have a special broadcast this evening. Um, uh, interviewing with uh, Archbishop Chaput and uh, Monsignor Shea. And uh, that broadcast is going to be from 4 p.m. to 5.30 this evening, 4 p.m. to 5.30, um, on our western North Dakota stations here, so in the Bismarck area, Dickinson, uh, Tioga, anybody in western North Dakota, that will be this evening, 4 to 5.30, live interviews with Father Craig Vosick, myself, and Archbishop Chaput, Monsignor Shea, and some other guests. So thank you for joining us for Real Presence Live. And uh, we, this is Straight Talk. Uh, Father, just a, uh, another> minute left here in our Straight Talk segment, so we're not going to be able to get another call. Um, and you were talking about the athletics here a little bit and uh, working with the youth. Um, what an important time uh, for these youth who are, uh, yet last night we were having a conversation and, and uh, Mike Kudrowski, who's on our staff, uh, our advancement director, mentioned about how really in the midst of emotion and in um, really excitement, it's a great time to really uh, engage our youth on these important topics um, because there's an enthusiasm that comes with that. Mm-hmm. How does that, what did you think about that? Yeah, I, 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 he was more excited about my job, I think, than I am. Which I think is, he wants I'm actually job. pretty excited about <laughs> it. So, uh, so I'm looking forward to him partnering with me <laughs> as we go forward. Uh, but it, it's, so, it's so true. Uh, there's a genius at, at work here, and the Lord's providence. Uh, this position that I'm entering into is new at the University of Mary. And, and so just to establish the position of an athletic chaplain, because uh, we have wonderful and great chaplains on the campus, uh, 2,500 students, but they're swamped with, with the work that they're doing, uh, with planning retreats, as we heard from Ed earlier, and, and caring for the students and those who are even coming to the Mass and all these other things, that uh, to, to have somebody who's fully devoted to just being in the field house, to being in at the, at the, on the hardwood of the court, to be in the weight room, to be with these student-athletes, it's it's allowing that world to, to be brought the gospel. Uh, and so just the position itself, even before I'm in it, that there is the reality of a chaplain in the athletic department is a magnificent gift. And so I just, I pop in and, and I, I don't want to overstate me, but I don't want to understate my vocation. And that it, when I walk into a room with these athletes, God walks into the room. Mm. I, I'm, I'm seeing that happen. Uh, kind of a maybe a, a, a sorrowful image of this I was walking through and someone used a curse word mm. and immediately apologized and said oh I'm sorry they knew that God was in the room mm. and they're going to think again about 
using a, a word of questionable uh, use. Uh, and so it's just, it's bringing, and I'm not saying that the athletic department is filled with, the, with swear words, but it, it happened, you know, there's, there's, there's passion in various things. So it's just, it's a magnificent uh, reality that, uh, that God is in our athletic department. So very happy about that. All right, folks are coming to you live from the University of Mary, uh, broadcasting here from the Vocations Jamboree. Don't go anywhere. On the other side of this break, uh, Father Vasek and I are going to talk a little bit more about this Vocation Jamboree and coming to you live right here at the event cent- at the uh, Lumen Vitae Center. So don't go anywhere. This is Real Presence Live. We'll be right back. <laughs> 